um, weight. That's the theme of our service today. And um, so Kate and I went shopping yesterday. Well, to be, to be quite honest, Kate went shopping and I sat in the car for um, what seemed like two hours. It's actually only 15 minutes, but I waited patiently in the car. So uh, what did I do for all that time? I mean, 15 minutes, what do you do with that? Well, if, um, if you're anything like me, um, I trawled through my phone. I made a few calls, caught up with a few people that I had to catch up with. But what the question is, why did I feel it was so important to make use of that time? It is important to use time wisely. And I fear that if I hadn't had my phone with me, I would have been incredibly uncomfortable just sitting there. So if you can identify with that, because um, our phones are that go-to device, aren't they? Uh, we want to fill our time. We want to be doing something. And I just want us to consider that. Every good sermon has three points, doesn't it? Uh, most mediocre sermons have three points too, so I'll strive to uh, give you three points. <laughs> okay, exactly. it's not stand-up comedy. Stop it. Right. So the first word is what? Good. Second word is watch. Brilliant. Excellent. Why is it that we find it so challenging to wait for anything? Buses? Planes? What was that? Wives. Wives? I was going to be a bit kinder and say parents. (laughs) Yeah, you kids probably find it difficult to wait for your parents. They're always talking, they're always finding something else to do before you, uh, you know, before you can do what you want to do. Uh, perhaps a new gadget. What are we waiting for? Um, and why does it really get at us to have to wait? We'll order things off, uh, off the internet. Sometimes I even base my choice on what to order on how quickly it will arrive. You know, if it's coming on a slow boat from China... I might um, move on to you know, another option, even if it's a, a little bit more expensive. Maybe you can identify with that. We want, something, we want something as quickly, usually, as we can get it. It's very human to wrestle with rate, waiting. It goes against our very nature. Not to mention the culture of the society in which we are immersed. And I use that word immersed because we are, we... We can't get away from the society that we're in. We, we have to interact with it. It's important to be part of society. But we have to watch our immersion into that society and the level that it takes, uh, that it seeps into our lives. The Bible warns of the corrosive effect of human nature. Another big word here. It's diametrically opposed to kingdom life. Kingdom life is submission to God's fulfilling call, I want to call it. Kingdom life, submission to God's fulfilling call. And human nature fights against that. Even um, back in Isaiah, I'll be looking at a few things here today. If you, want to, if you have a Bible with you and you want to um, take marks through your Bible, there'll be Isaiah 30. Uh, Psalm 27, 
We've already heard from Psalm 130, all to do with waiting. But in Isaiah 30, we're going to start from verse 8. Isaiah 30, verse 8. It's called the disobedient people. I'm reading from the um, so the youth youth edition of the Good News Bible. So it's a bit different to the one I was looking at, my NIV. You you may be using a, a new international here today. But it's um, it's kind of a this section is is, is very much um, a reflection of our society today. It's called the disobedient people. God told me to write down in a book what the people are like so that there would be a permanent record of how evil they are. They are always rebelling against God, always lying, always refusing to listen to the Lord's teaching. They tell the prophets to keep quiet. They say, don't talk to us about what's right. Tell us what we want to hear. Let us keep our illusions. Get out of our way and stop blocking our path. We don't want to hear about your holy God of Israel. Sums up our society today, doesn't it? In the NIV, it's called, it's titled, Woe to the Obstinate Nation. It's like a bunch of obstinate children who go out of their way to look for security, provision and friendship. Everywhere except to their provider, their redeemer, their creator, ultimately their father. And then it prophesies, carries on um, through that few, those few verses there, prophesies the inevitable calamity that comes from that course of action. The great high bulging wall, it's called. Nothing, um, blah, blah, blah. Instead, you plan to escape from your enemies by, oh yeah, here we go, sorry, sorry. Verse 13, you are guilty. You are, you are like a high wall with a crack running down it. Suddenly you will collapse. You will be shattered like a clay pot so badly broken that there is no piece big enough to pick up hot coals with or to scoop water from a cistern. This whole secure, their, their own invention of security that they thought they had created is going to crash. They can't keep piling that wall higher building their own form of peace. It will break into a, a million fragments. And those are the reflections of our society today, aren't they? People build everything they possibly can and avoid God as much as they possibly can. If ever there was a time when we need a redeemer... We need to recognise our creator. We need a saviour. It's now. Anxiety is rife. The church is not exempt from this affliction. I can identify with that. I wake up in the night thinking about all the things that I have to do. I, you know, we, we all have moments of probably, you know, to a lesser or greater degree, moments of time in our lives where we are really concerned about life, about the small things, about the big things. Middle of the night seems to be the worst time to wake up and think because, yeah, mind is churning. Everything is far bigger um, than 
what it really is. You have to you have to wake up to the cold light of day to see actually that those things aren't quite so big. But it, that affects us. That affects our sleep. It affects our rest. It affects our peace. The church is not exempt from anxiety. We need to recognise that. But should we be? Can we be? Let's flick over to Psalm 27. That's my little thing here. Psalm 27. It's titled, A Prayer of Praise. You, you'll recognise it when I begin to read. I'm not going to read all of it because it's only the, first, the last couple of verses that are relevant for today. today's talk. The whole of Psalm 27 is relevant for today. It's fantastic. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Soak those words in. Let those words rest in your soul. The Lord is my light and my salvation. I will fear no one. The Lord protects me from all danger. I will never be afraid. Life certainly chucks danger at us, doesn't it? We cannot escape the realities of life. Illness, sickness, losing loved ones, it's not all roses when we become Christians. But Psalm 27 assures us of a deep peace. The last couple of verses. I know that I will live to see the Lord's goodness in this present life. Trust in the Lord. Have faith. Do not despair. Trust in the Lord. I think the NIV uses the word wait. Wait for the Lord. Have faith. Do not despair. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart. Throughout scripture we see that waiting is one of the building blocks of that vital component of life. Character. How many times has somebody said to you, oh, that's good for you? It builds your character. <laughs> many times, as a young lad, uh, I would have seen something, right? And I would have asked my parents for it. You know, I, I couldn't afford it, but I'm sure they could. <laughs> I would have actually have begged for it. As the most important thing I would need right then to... Enable life to be just perfectly in balance. Only to be told the inimitable words, wait until your birthday. Or, you can't have that yet, it's not the right time. Or, perhaps realising myself that I had to save up for quite a while longer before I could afford what I really wanted. I didn't appreciate the importance of character building I couldn't put a value on that. Um, hopefully, as we grow up, as we grow older, we do see the benefit of character building. As we are young, uh, we all resist character building. 
when we get a bit older, we still resist it a little bit. We like a peaceful, comfortable life, don't we? But um, I picked up a, a quote from uh, a, a Diane J. Wilson. You've never heard of her, but it's wonderful what you can find on the internet. Uh, she's a freelance writer and novelist, so I thought I'd give her some credit because, you know, we all need to be heard. Uh, <clears throat> and she says this, Perseverance, and we're going to jump to Romans 5 in a minute, Perseverance is defined as persistence, so keeping going, in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. That's where the weight thing comes in. Perseverance is defined as persistence in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. She goes on to say, did you catch the sneaky little keyword there? A swimmer builds muscles by putting in hours in the water. A bodybuilder pushes ever-increasing weights. And us, we stick, to what, we stick at what we want to do. Then we get up tomorrow and do it again. We keep on until we reach our goals. Persevering builds our emotional physical and spiritual muscles so when we crack the goal we've been aiming at we are equipped for the demands of a new season we've been trained by the process of persevering that kind of toughening up cannot happen in a day or by popping a pill it takes time she said all that I didn't add some of that that kind of toughening up cannot happen in a day or by popping a pill. It takes time. In, in um, <clears throat> Romans chapter 5, particularly verse 4, but I shall read from the beginning of 5, uh, Paul tells the Romans that character produces hope. He says this, it's titled, Right with God. Now that we have been put right with God through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. He has brought us faith, he has brought us by faith into this experience of God's grace in which we now live. And so we boast of the hope we have of sharing God's glory. We also boast of our troubles because we know that trouble produces endurance. Endurance brings God's approval. Again, in the NIV it says perseverance. Endurance bring, brings God's approval and his approval creates hope. This hope does not disappoint us for God has poured out his love into our hearts by means of the Holy Spirit who is God's gift to us. The important thing to remember from the beginning of Romans 5 there is that we can know, we can have that assurance that we have been put right with God through Jesus Christ, not of our own work, not of our own effort, not of our own goodness, not of our own purity, because that's all effort. It is simply through the grace of Christ the gift of God. 
He has brought us by faith into this experience of God's grace in which we now live. So we can live in this, in this grace. And it's that perseverance which produces the character in us. It's the hope in which we stand. This peace of God is that hope in which we stand. The hope we come to celebrate here, week by week, as the gathered church. Character gives you the ability to focus on the goal and overcome the obstacles. And these things are really important as we do life together, both inside and outside the church. Character enables us to stay the course. So what are you waiting for? I'll throw that question to you. There are a few different ways you can say it. You could say, what am I waiting for? But you could also say, what are you waiting for? It all depends on how you read that sentence. Several references to waiting in the New Testament refer to the return of Christ, the single most important event that believers look forward to. However, in the church here, we do not condone the activity of navel-gazing in the interim, and there is a lot to get on with. What are you waiting for? A relationship? Retirement, perhaps, when life might be easier? Are you waiting to be somewhere else? I know that's what my kids say sometimes. I just want to be anywhere else but here. Are you waiting for God to do something bigger? Perhaps we're putting the cart before the horse. And I know some people won't be able to identify with that metaphor. But <clears throat> getting things the wrong way around, putting things important that should be the other way around. If we search up the word often linked to wait, um, which is patience, patiently, there are many verses in the Bible that uh, talk about waiting patient, patiently. And I think we reach a new depth when we consider those words together. Wait patiently. It's again, it grounds our hope. Verse, uh, Psalm 40 verse 1 says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. Romans chapter 8 verse 25. We await eagerly. Our adoption as children. That, that waiting with that expectancy. We await eagerly our adoption as children. The redemption of our bodies. Who hopes for what he already has? But if we hope for what we do not yet have. We wait for it patiently. So whether it's waiting for a new minister. Or whatever it is that each of us need in our personal lives, the object of paramount importance surely must be God's glorification, not personal gratification. And God, who sees all things from beyond the restrictions of time, 
outside of time, almighty, all-knowing, all-seeing, not restricted in the way that we are. He has incredible and detailed plans for each of us. We need to get hold of that. He has incredible and detailed plans for each of us. So here's the gem. Here's what I want to get to today. We're not waiting for, because waiting for suggests uh, a numbness maybe. That may end when something big happens. I'm waiting for this event. I'm waiting to be fulfilled with that. I'm waiting for my life partner because they will create, make me whole. I'm waiting for retirement. I just need to be somewhere else because life will be better if I can be somewhere else. Waiting for suggests that numbness that may end when something big might happen. Let's move from waiting for to waiting on. Waiting on implies expectancy. It drives us forward. Anticipation. I'm waiting on God. I'm waiting on. And I need to be doing something. I need to be ready. I need to be doing something that makes me ready. <clears throat> Not doing something for the sake of being busy. We need to be expectant. In anticipation, I'm ready. I'm preparing myself. That's what God wants us to be doing. Not, <clears throat> not waiting for something big to happen, but preparing ourselves. I am awake to God's voice through his word, through my fellow believers, through my church. My final question this morning. Are we people who wait patiently? On God.